Hey, this is Noah Fritchie, and I'm the lead pastor of Real Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I hope this can inspire you and build your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, I want to preach to you a message that I've had on my heart for a little while. In fact, I heard a message not too long ago about this uh, whole situation that we're in with the coronavirus, and this message really challenged me. And so I stole some of the points from that message, and it challenged me so much that I really just wanted to bring it uh, to you today, because really it fed my spirit, and I really do hope that it feeds your spirit. And I, I, my, my goal today is I hope that it just challenges you um, to really make something of this situation. I wanna, today, I just want to give you um, a good idea of where I'm going. I want you to know that I'm going to talk a lot about this experience that we've been through, uh, whether, whether you believe that it's totally a hoax or you believe that, it's, uh, or, or you believe that everyone is going to die from this disease, whatever you believe, I don't really care. I just think that the experience that we go through and that we have gone through, I think we should learn something from it. Uh, I think we can always learn something from every experience that we go through. And so today is really, I, I, I'm... My attempt, I am going to close this chapter, all right, everybody? I'm going to close this chapter of coronavirus because I want our church to move forward in a healthy direction, and I don't want to be looking in the past anymore. So um, I, just, I just wanted to let you know, so if you guys are, if some of you are like, this is totally a hoax or whatever, and I don't want to talk about coronavirus every week at church, we're not going to do that anymore. So this is my ending chapter of this. But uh, like I said, I just want us to really just learn uh, from this experience, if you would call it, uh, in, a, in a great way. And really where we're starting this morning um, is in Hebrews chapter 12. If you've got your Bibles, I, or, I'm sorry, I might, I might have that wrong. Well, actually, I'm sorry, my slides, we've never done two services, so my slides are out of order, so I just gave you some some extra stuff. All right, there's my first slide. Here's my second slide. We are starting in Hebrews chapter 12. This is really the theme verse for what we're talking about uh, today. It says this. It says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. I don't know if you know this or not, but God is speaking. He is constantly speaking, and we have to be careful that we don't refuse to listen to him. I truly believe that God is speaking to us every day. In fact, I would even say this. I think that his, uh, his loudest voice is in the middle of our pain. I think pain like what we've gone through, we begin to hear him more clearly. And I think this is a really important time to have your spiritual ears open. Because God is speaking, and he is always speaking. And he gives this example of, of, of what happens in the Old Testament. He says, for if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. In fact, if you're taking notes today, my message is called A Whole Lot of Shaken." And that's, that's what we're talking about. But now the Bible says he makes another promise. And God promises us, he says, once again, I, once again, I will shake not only the earth, 
So he says that we're going to go through some earthly shakings, but he's going to shake the heavens also. And this means that all of creation will be shaken. Guess what, everybody? We've been going through an earthly shaking. And that earthly shaking is called coronavirus. But I think that now, in the middle of this natural shaking, there is this internal shaking that really is going on right now, and many of you probably felt it. This internal shaking that's happening in your life. And I think that we just ought to take note of that. And that's what it says, that all of creation is going to be shaking, but it's going to be shaken and removed, so that not only unshakable things will remain. God says that only the unshakable things are going to remain. And it says, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, which is the good news, everybody, is that God's kingdom does not shake. He's got everything tied down. Uh, He's got it under control. He's got an unshakable kingdom. It says, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear, which literally just means ultimate respect. So we should have this ultimate respect with God and all, for our God is a devouring fire. You see, I really believe that there is a whole lot of shaking going on. Have you ever heard uh, the song? It's an old song, A Whole Lot of Shaking Going On by Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah, you, some, of you guys, some of you guys know that, that. That's what we're talking about today. That's why I titled this message, A Whole Lot of Shaking. I just really want you to notice it. I, I, I found this quote from Aristotle this week. It says this. It says, nature hates a vacuum. Think about that for a minute. Nature hates a vacuum. You see, a lot of us, a lot of things has been, have been taken from us. For some of us, our job has been taken. Our business has been taken. Uh, for others of us, our, maybe your health has been taken. Maybe it's just like your freedoms, like my freedom to go to a restaurant, everybody. That has been taken away from me. Obviously, it hasn't helped my belly situation, but it has been taken away from me. There's been a whole lot of stuff that has been taken away from us. In fact, it's said that anytime there is a vacuum or anytime there is something that is removed, Here's what we do. When that thing gets removed from our life, we automatically replace it with something else. Think about it. Think about the last, think about when you were in high school, the last boyfriend or girlfriend that you had. When that got removed, automatically you're looking for a new one, right? It's just naturally what we try to do. Some people, they do it with friends. They go from friend to friend. And when that friend is, is gone, the, 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 when that friend is removed, they find a new friend to latch on to. It, it, it's just, it's how, it's how these types of things work. And today, I want to talk to you as your pastor, because you've probably been, uh, you, you've probably replaced, uh, replaced something that's left your life uh, with something else. What am I talking about? Well, maybe, maybe there was a good thing in your life that has left you, and now you have replaced it with something not so good. And that not so good thing that you've replaced it with, it's created a whole lot of shaking in your life. 
and, and, it's, and it's shaking up your life. And you've probably noticed some things in your life right now that are honestly just pretty loose. Maybe you've just got some things that are just hanging on, uh, just, just barely hanging on. In fact, they, they say that there's all kinds of things right now, uh, there's all kinds of things right now that are spiking. One of the things in America that is spiking right now is there's more people overdosing on drugs than ever before. Why? I think you, I think, I think you can figure that out. Being lonely, I'm, I'm being lonely and whatnot and, and, and not being able to do some of the things that, they were, that, that they're used to doing. Do you know that suicide is spiking right now in America? Do you know that domestic abuse is spiking? Do you know that abortions are spiking? Do you know that alcohol is spiking? Like it's time to be in the liquor business, everybody, because that's, people are coping with that. Do you know that murder rates are up? Do you know that obesity is up, everybody? Uh, it, 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 there's, people are replacing some good things with some bad things. And all of these things are on the rise. Well, why in the world is that? Why would these things be on the rise? Well, I want to give you an illustration today. I've got this bottle of water, which I'm going to take a drink of, <laughs> I'm thirsty, but I got this bottle of water, and listen, you know what's in this bottle of water. It has a label on it, right? It says, it says water, right? That's what's, that's what's in here. But if I covered this bottle up, this bottle was totally covered, you could put any label on it that you want. I could put on here gasoline and make sure that nobody drinks my water, right? Like, I, 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 could put, I could put on here lemonade. I could put on here Dr. Pepper. Mr. Pibb is better than Dr. Pepper, so Mr. Pibb. And, uh, yeah, that's a debate we'll have later. But um, you could put any label on it that you want. What does the label do? The label tells people what's in the bottle. But, as I just showed you, sometimes the label isn't always accurate. The label can be inaccurate. And so if I would choose to pour out this water, I could put anything else in this bottle and keep the water label on. That would not make it water. And a lot of us, here's what we are. This is our life. We're, we're this bottle. And a lot of us, we're wearing these labels. And we wear the label of, this is who I am. I'm doing just fine. This virus hasn't shaken me at all. I'm doing awesome. And we all wear these great labels. But if you really want to know what's on the inside, what do you do? You got to shake it. And if I put enough pressure on this bottle, what would happen? It's going to blow up, right? It's, it's going to explode, which I don't think that you want that to happen right now. I didn't think so. I'll do it. My, <laughs> uh, but listen, if I would put enough pressure on this bottle, water would come out everywhere. I really think that's what's happening right now in our life. Not only do we have a lot of shaking going on, 
But we also have a lot of pressure on our life. We've got this pressure of, of, of all these different things. And, and there's, there's things that are just squeezing us right now. And what's happening is, is that the lid has popped off and the water is running out. And here's what's, here's what's happening. We're finding out what's on the inside of us. I think that this experience that we've gone through has showed us what is truly on the inside of each and every one of us. And I hear God saying that it's very important for us to be an unshakable kingdom. That we're in this season where we need to, where we need to tie some things down. We need to solidify some things in our life. We need, we, 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 we need, to, we need to get some things solid in our life. And we're in the middle of this pandemic and I think the interesting thing is, is that in the middle of this pandemic, it, it has brought out a lot of different things and a lot of people. But one of the great things that it has done is that I think most every church in America has had to change some things. And I think one of the coolest things that we've been a part of is this group called Unite 714. It's just a group of churches all around, not only the country, but hundreds of churches all around the country and the world that have united around this verse. I mean, this this second Chronicles 714 has really been like the battle cry for churches. And I was just reading this verse and I'm like, I, I got to throw this in this message because second Chronicles 714 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and do what? And turn from their wicked ways what, 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 what's going to happen? If, if you would just turn from your wicked ways. I've had this idea, and I've had this thought that what would happen that in the middle of this crisis, in the middle of us being under pressure, what would happen if we turned some things? If we turned some things in our life? You see, it's been revealed to us that that some of the things in our life, they're not in the right place. And if we want God to do the next part of this verse, which is a great part, and most of you have this memorized, you know what's coming next. If we want God to do the next part of this verse, that he will hear from heaven and he'll forgive our sins and he'll heal our land, then we have to be sure that we do the first part of the verse and turn. We have to turn. And today, I just want to give you some different ways that you can turn. In fact, I want you to write some of these things down. If you've got your message notes, we've, we've got them on your message notes. I'd encourage you to take some notes, write these things down. And I'd encourage you to go home and pray about these things. I'm giving you five things today. Five things are obviously impossible for you to tackle Throughout your week, you can barely do one thing that I say. So, it, it, you know, it, I, I would encourage you to pick one thing out of these five and really focus on it and really make sure that as we, as we exit this season, we learn from this experience because I know that some good can come out of this pandemic. And it's really been revealed what's shaking in our life what's rattling. You've got some loose things in your life. And so there's five things that I want to encourage you to do. Um, and let's look at the first one. Actually, sorry. 
already read that scripture. Here's number one, is you need to turn from assumed to appreciate it. From assumed to appreciate it. Listen, I know this one is true in me. Listen, I assumed that we'd always have toilet paper, everybody. I just just assumed it. I didn't need to. Now, Mom, thank God, she bought stock in Amazon and had subscribe and save, and they were delivering every week toilet paper. But I just assumed that we would have those things. Listen, I assumed that restaurants would be open. I just I assume that after church, I could just go down to Sergio's and eat. You know, that's just what I want. I assume those things. I assumed my health. Listen, I even assumed my church. I assumed that you guys would always be here. I just thought, church happens every Sunday. It's happened every Sunday in my lifetime. We'll never miss church again. I just assumed that it would be here. In fact, before all of this, uh, we, were, we were in a really busy season as a church. I mean, we were, we, I, I mean, just... We had just moved in here in December, and we were getting into our new building in January, um, and here we are. We're in the middle of 21 days of prayer. We're seeking God's face every day. We've got a devotional booklet. We're doing uh, prayer services. We're, uh, and, and then in, in February, we're, we're doing a, a great new series, and not only that, but then we're launching a youth group, and, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. In fact, the week before, um, the week before we this whole, actually the day before, the day before this whole shutdown happened in Illinois, we were, our youth, our, our youth leaders, a group of five of us guys were down in Birmingham, Alabama for a youth leadership conference. So things were busy. I mean, there, there, there was a lot of stuff going on. And I, I had been already thinking, like, I'm involved in three small groups, you know, like, I, I, I got a busy schedule. And I had, I'd already been thinking, man, uh, I, I, need, I might need a few Sundays off, you know. I'm just, just a little bit tired. In fact, I was having McKenzie preach that weekend that, uh, that, we, shut, that we shut church down. And listen, I'm repenting that I even said that. <laughs> like, I, I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. It's be, I, and because I've missed you all so badly. But the problem is, is I just assumed there was, there'll be next Sunday. There'll be next Sunday. I, I, can, I can, the church will survive a week without me. And can I tell you, I'm so grateful. Listen, I never, I, I never want to miss another Sunday again. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't. That's why me and Emily, we're, we're, getting, we're getting married on Saturday. We're coming to church on Sunday, and then we're leaving. Like, because that's the type of priority you guys are to me. And I, I, and, and, and I appreciate you. And, and I, I had assumed the church when I should have been appreciating it. And maybe you've assumed some things in your life. Maybe, maybe you've assumed your job, your business, your, uh, your, your, your family, your, uh, your, whatever it is. Maybe you assumed restaurants like me. That's what, I just assumed that they would always be there. But you need to turn from assume to appreciate it. What are you talking about, Noah? What are you talking about? I'm talking about just really the quality of gratitude. That, that we, need, we need to live by that quality. In fact, 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, I love this. This is, my favorite, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I got to sneak it in here. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, and it's in the Living Bible Translation. It says, what are you so puffed up about? What are you so puffed up about? What do you have that God hasn't given you? Think about it. What do you have that God hasn't given you? 
And the verse would go on to say, it says, and if all you have is from God, whoa, everything that I have is from, all, everything that I have is from God. Why act as though you have accomplished something on your own? I'm starting to appreciate God for everything. I'm just starting to say, God, thank you for this Sunday. God, thank you for this auditorium. <laughs> God, thank you that I can see people today. Can I tell you, we, we, we went uh, the other night just to go eat with some friends. And it was just, it was just odd. It was just, I was just said like, God, thank you that I can sit at this little plastic table at Sergio's and fellowship with my friends. You know, that, that's, that's, I, was, I was just so excited over, over that. And, and to where before I would have said, it's too hot, it's too late. I mean, I could have came up with a thousand different excuses. I've been up since 4 a.m., whatever. But I was, so just, I was just so thrilled to set out in the heat and, and, and eat Sergio's with some friends. Like, that's, that's how excited I was. Listen, I, it's been that way in my life with, with Emily. I, I assumed a lot of things with Emily. Emily's my girlfriend. She's great. I have started to appreciate a lot of things, a, a, a lot of stuff about her. And I realized just in the past several weeks, what am I doing? What am I waiting on? And so you need to turn from assumed to appreciated. And I think that it's important for every one of us to turn and literally just develop an attitude of gratitude. And I probably sound like your middle school teacher, that you should, you should be grateful. And what, but it's, it's so true. We need to have this attitude of gratitude. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to go on a mission trip before, but if you, if you ever got the opportunity, if, if you ever get the opportunity to go, listen, I would highly encourage you to go. Even if it, I've, never, I've never been out of the country, I, I don't feel like that's my calling necessarily. I like, I, I never even flew on a plane before, but anyway, we'll get over that later. So I'm sure Dan will <laughs> help, help me with that. But uh, anyway, he'll, he pushes me to my limits sometimes. So I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I, 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 haven't, I haven't ever been out of the country, but I have been to just a, a couple different trips just, just in the United States and I'm telling you that a mission trip will change your life. It will change your perspective. We were at this trip one time, and uh, we we were uh, we were there just to just to literally just hang out with some kids. And we had brought a basketball to their basketball court, and it was like the greatest thing ever. Like, I don't know if they've not had a basketball before or what, but. They played with that basketball all day. And we brought others. They just, they, that's all they wanted. They, they were so grateful for that basketball. And I, and I literally thought, I just, I just thought, it's just amazing to me. Like, they literally have nothing. And I, I basically have everything. And they're grateful and they're happier than me. And it just hit me like, oh, wow, I who, I could buy 10 basketballs tomorrow. 
I, it, just, it just hit me like, wow, I, I, have, I have not had this gratitude. Can I tell you that uh, <laughs> even at the church here, we, we haven't really had service since it's, been, since it's been warm. And so for the first several weeks that we were setting back up and uh, getting things back together here in the sanctuary, we, we, hadn't, we hadn't tuned up our air conditioners. It was hot. I mean, I sweated every, through my clothes like every time that I was up here. Can I tell you, I'm grateful for those air conditioners, everybody. Like, I, I, it's, just, it's just the little, it's, sometimes it's just the little things. that You need to develop that attitude of gratitude. I, I, I saw this quote this week, and I wanted to throw this in here. It says this, gratitude turns what I have into enough. Gratitude turns what I have into enough. Maybe you found yourself complaining about what you lost during this pandemic. But I think it's just appropriate that we should just thank God that he's blessed us and just tell them that, God, we're not going to assume things anymore. We're going to be grateful for every little thing that you've given us. We're going to be grateful and we're going to be more appreciative, God, of everything that you've done in our life. Listen, I'm just, I'm just trying to help us. I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to help us all because I just think that it would be such a shame if we went through this entire pandemic and nothing changed. I think God is using this pandemic for us to really just do some turning. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. These other ones are going to go pretty quick, and you can probably tell that I've been working on the gratitude one. That's why I spent a long time on it. But here's number two out of, out of five here, is that you need to turn from self-sufficient to God-dependent. From self-sufficient to God-dependent. Do you know that self-sufficiency is actually a form of pride? Think about it. When you say, well, I can take care of myself. I've got it all under control. God, I'll let you know if I need something. It's literally just a form of pride. Listen, I'm, I'm grateful to have you guys back in the room. That means that I can tell some jokes. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be able to. So you ready? I'm a little rusty on jokes. You ready? You want it? All right, good. All right, good. Uh, wait, here, here, here's, here's, my little, here's my little joke for you guys today. Is There's this guy. He's running, he's running really late for a meeting. Um, and he pulls up to his office or whatever, wherever they're meeting. And he pulls up. There's not a parking spot. You ever do this before? You're running late. I, I told you I'd meet you at 6 at Chili's. It's 6.15, and there's no parking spot. So this is that, that guy. He's late for a meeting. He, he's, he's pulling around. There's no parking spot. He panicked. And because he was really late for this really important meeting, this guy, he's not a very religious guy. He thought, well, maybe, maybe God will help me. Maybe, maybe I should just call out to God. And he, so he calls out to God, and he says, God, Man, I, I'm sorry about, you know, not talking to you in the last several years, but I know I haven't talked to you in a long time, and I'm so sorry. You know, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll give some money to the church, and I'll, 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 I'll serve a little bit. Now, I might, I'll, I'll go to church every weekend, God, if you just, so you ever make that deal with God before? Y'all are liars, because I know that some of you have. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go to church every weekend if you, just, if you just give me this parking spot. And about that same time, he pulled around the corner and saw a front row parking spot. And so he said, never mind, God, I found one. 
<laughs> Think about it. It's, it's terrible. It's kind of funny at the same time, I mean, honestly. But, uh, it, but it, oh, it's, it's pretty terrible too. But listen, it, it's sad, but it's sad because so many of us, we live in that way. That's, that's, that's our attitude towards God. And I was thinking about this this week, and I was thinking about the story of Nebuchadnezzar. If, uh, if any of you guys uh, were here last June, we literally spent the whole month of June going through the book of Daniel. It's one of my favorite series we've ever done, and we learned about a guy, King, you've probably heard of him in Sunday school, named Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was also known to build the great gardens of Babylon. Like, he was a, a really important figure, not just in the Bible, but in history. He did, he did a lot of really cool things that, if you research, they, they still, you would find things about Nebuchadnezzar. And Daniel 4.4, it records, it says, Nebuchadnezzar was at home in his palace. So he's, he's at home in, pal- in his palace, and he is content and prosperous. Now, those two things in the Bible are not good. When you're content and prosperous, he says, Nebuchadnezzar says, Is not this the great Babylon that I have built? And some of you got to watch it because that's, that's where we get. I mean, I even, think, I even think of that as the church. Is this not the great church that I have built as the royal residence by my mighty power, and for the glory of my majesty. Even as the words were on his lips, the Bible said, a voice came from heaven. So he's saying all these things, and God speaks and says, this is what is decreed to you. King Nebuchadnezzar, your royal authority has been taken from you. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but I think that this virus and this quarantine and, 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 and what we were going through has stripped some things from us. In some ways, it's took our authority from us. It's taken some things from you. And the Bible says, God says to Nebuchadnezzar, he says, you will be driven away from people and you will live with the wild animals and you will eat grass like the ox. And seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth and gives them to anyone that he wishes. And so these seven years go by. And at the end of that seven years, Nebuchadnezzar records, he says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven. And my sanity was restored. I just think that it's time for us to to do that. I think it's time for us to raise our eyes towards heaven so our sanity can be restored. Listen, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you turn. I'm just trying to show you some turning points in the Bible. It goes on to say, Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. So, Pastor Noah, what does this mean? 
How do I do this trait? Here's how you do it if you're taking notes. You need to dedicate every part of your life to God. Dedicate every part of your life to God. What am I talking about? I'm talking about your time. Can I say when you dedicate your time to God, he'll give it back to you. Dedicate your money, your finances. Same principle. Dedicate everything that you have. Dedicate everything that you are. Can I tell you, God will give it to you. That's number two. Let's take a look at number three. I told you these would go quick. Number three is this, is you need to turn from scattered to gathered. (laughs) From scattered to gathered. I think it's interesting that this whole pandemic has forced us to essentially do this and stay at home. I think it's interesting that it took a worldwide quarantine to make people's lives from scattered to gathered once again. I I don't know about you, but I know for me, we've had a lot more family dinners. Um, I've I've spent more time with my family, my dog, and my God, everybody. That's that's all all the people. I've spent a lot of time with all of them. And before, before this, I can tell you that my life was extremely scattered. It was all over the place. I was disconnected. But now, when I'm at home, and for many of you, now that you're at home, I think that it's, I think that as we go through this, we need to evaluate and essentially say that, you know what, I'm not going to have a schedule that was just so busy. I'm not going to have a schedule where I'm just here and there and, and never with my family. I hope that you've gotten out of this, that you need to be gathered, that you, you should eat more family dinners at home, that you should spend some more time with God in the morning. I pray that, that's, I pray that for some of you, that's what you got out of this. I, I, I pray that you would just spend some, more, spend some more time with God in the morning. I just, I hope that you realize that you need to go from scattered to gathered. Here's what Ecclesiastes says. It says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother, and there was no end to his toil. Which essentially, the Bible is talking about a man here who worked really, really hard and was never home a whole lot. He, he worked so hard, he was really never home. It, the Bible says, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So even though that he worked so hard, he still wasn't good with what he got. For whom am I toiling? The Bible says, he, hey, that's what, that's what he asks. And, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? Maybe some of you have asked this question. And it says, this too is meaningless, a miserable business. And it goes on to give us really the solution here in Scripture. And basically the solution is is that he needs to spend more time at home with his friends, with his family. Some of you just need to spend some more time with your people. And, and And here's what it says. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. But not only that, but if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. One of the things that I'm thrilled about that has really come out of this pandemic is that before all of this, we had a pretty strong group of people in small groups. And some of those small groups have really stayed together. And 
they have formed a, a, a bond and in, in this, this cord that is not quickly broken. And some of them, they've, they've stayed together and they've shared text messages together. And it's, I, I just, I, I'm thankful for relationships like that. But even if not, and even if you weren't involved in a group, I think it's still important to be more connected than ever. I think it's important for every one of us to have at least one of these people, if not two. Like, they, like it says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. We need to grab hold of this value. And here's really what I'm talking about is this, is that we need to determine to keep important relationships a priority. Essentially, that's what I decided with Emily. I just decided that she is a very important relationship. I was too scattered, and I decided that I needed to spend some more time with her. And even if it's just me and her just sitting and watching Mama June from Not to Hot, which is our favorite TV show, which is really stupid, but it's great, I promise. If that's what we do, then that's what we do. I mean, that's that. I, I just decided that I need to keep that relationship a priority. And you need to grab hold of this value. You need to you need to grab hold of it. In fact, I, I would just tell you that I, I, because of this, because I've learned this value during this pandemic, is my I, my, my life is better now. Because I've just determined that I'm not going to go through the shaking. I'm not going to go through this pressure without tying down some things. And here's number four. If you're taking notes, number four is this. Turn from going through life to growing through life. For many of us, we've had some time on our hands, and we've, you've, some of you, you've used it really well. Others of you have not, but that's all right. Listen, I, I've, I've, I've kind of been 50-50. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Some weeks I'm like, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to study a chapter of the Bible, and I'm going to do this and that and the other. And, and then the next week I, it's just all gone. But uh, I, I pray that you get this, that, that you do grab a hold of this value because this is a really, really important value. Listen, I've been, I have been reading more. I've been studying more. I've been listening to more podcasts. Like that's the type of stuff I've been, I, instead of just going, instead of just coasting, I've, I've been growing. I, I've, I've grown through it. And it, it's important for us to turn from just going through life to, to growing through life. In fact, I love uh, what Ephesians 4.14 says. And uh, I think, I hope some of you will like this too. It says, this is in the message translation. It says, no prolonged emphases, which literally means that you've got to grow up. <laughs> it's time for you. It's time for you to grow up. It says, no, no, you, you need to grow up. We'll not tolerate babes in the woods. Small children who are easy, are an easy mark for imposters. God wants us to grow up. He wants you to grow up to, the, to know the whole truth and tell it in love. Like Christ in everything. We take our leadership. We, we, we take our lead from Christ who is the source of everything that we do. And he keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and his blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. I just want you to slow down 
and really realize that you have a purpose. It's time for you to grow up and to get your God-given purpose. In fact, here's how I would put it, is that you need to discover the reason why God created you. And just a spoiler, every single person has a purpose. Some people's purpose is just a little bit more noticeable. Some people, they have the purpose of teaching and preaching, and that's a noticeable one. Some people have the purpose of leading worship. That's noticeable. And there's other people whose their sole purpose is to park some cars and do some administrative work. There's some people, get this, that their purpose may not even be attached to the church. Their purpose might be to be in somebody else's life. To literally just be a witness or to use their influence to impact other people. Some people's purpose is just to raise a family. It's to take their family from from nothing to something. Everyone has a God-given purpose. And you need to discover the reason why God created you. Listen, we do a little class called Real Purpose. It's essentially exactly for that. It's to take a spiritual gift survey and help you. I'm telling you, there's no way that I can discover your purpose within an hour, everybody. Especially while you're eating Kilby's right in front of me. There's no way that we can do that. But what we can do is we can help you take some of the right next steps to help you discover your purpose. So I'm excited that that's coming back. It'll be back next month. And so we're, we're excited about that. But I want you to discover your purpose so that you can do this last thing. And here's the last thing. Number five, you need to turn from doing church to being the church. I pray this. I I pray this every day this week that our church would do this. That our church wouldn't just fill a seat on a Sunday morning, but our church would decide that they are going to rise up and be the church. In fact, one of the things that I am the most pleased about that has really come out of this whole pandemic is not just from our church, but from churches all across the country. Like, when churches are shut down, some of these churches have been doing the same Sunday service since your grandma has been alive. And they've had to figure out how to do it differently. (laughs) And essentially, they've had to learn how to be the church. That even when people don't just fill a seat, that I think that a lot of churches realize that it's, they finally figured out it's not about the number of people in your seat. What are you doing to help people grow? What are you doing to help people find their purpose? What are, how are you challenging your people? How are you making, how are you turning from just doing a Sunday service to being the church? I love that churches all across the country have had to rethink how they do church. Listen, we've done it. I mean, right now, we're online right now. It's, cross your fingers, it's a miracle that it's working, everybody. Like, it's, I, I, but that's something that we've done. We've had to learn how to be the church in other ways. Can I tell you, like, our online ministry won't stop. We're, we're, we're happy. We're so happy to have it. And 
but I, I know that there's so much more. There's so much more that we can do to begin to be the church. I just want to encourage you just to participate. And I just pray that from this day forward that if we learn anything from this, that we need to continue to participate outside these walls more than just inside them. Why? Here's my final verse. I'll give this to you. Ephesians 2.10 says, God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him. You're in partnership with God in the work that he does, the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, the work that we had better be doing. We are in partnership with God. And can I just look at you and say that God has a purpose on your life? And it's our job not just to do church, but it's our job to be the church. In fact, I'm excited next weekend. We'll actually have a really special announcement on somebody who's coming on staff with us and I think is going to do an excellent job at helping us do exactly this, helping us be the church. I'm excited for that. But one of the things that we're also doing that during this whole summer series, we're doing something called Love Day. We did it last year. It's uh, it, it's just, I believe it's the second week of, of July. It's a national serve day where churches all across the country take one Saturday a year and they just serve their communities. I pray that we have all kinds of different outreaches that we're able to do. But listen, it's not just, I'm not going to be the one to do it all. I need you to be in partnership with me to be the church. You'll get more details about that in the next uh, in the next several weeks. But there's several different ways that, that you can be involved. But I just want us to take this pandemic. I want us to take this opportunity of our lives being shaken up and the pressure being on our lives and, and say, you know, you know what? This is this is how my life should have been all along. And here's what we need to do. And so many of you, you're waiting on this last point. I'll give it to you. You need to demonstrate the love of God to the world around you. Can I just encourage you to turn today? You know what the Bible word for turn is? It's the word repent. When people repent, it literally means that they were heading in one direction, not in God's direction, but God literally turns them and sends them in the right direction. And this morning, wherever you are, if you're in this room, if you're online, can I tell you that God can change your direction. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads this morning? Some of you, you are in this room, or you're watching online, and you say, I need to turn. It's time that I turn. Some of you, you need to turn from, be, from assuming things to appreciating more things. Some of you, you're just really self-sufficient right now, and you're really prideful of what you have, but you need to be God-dependent. Others of you, you need to turn from scattered to gathered. You need to get your schedule in order. For some people, it's your time to turn from just going through life to growing through life. And for so many of us, we need to turn from just doing church to being the church. Would you just ask right where you are, right, right in your seat, 
right wherever you're at online, would you just ask the question, God, where do I need to turn? What do I need to turn from? Let him speak to you right now in this moment. Father, I pray that whatever it is that people need to turn from, God, give them the strength to do it. Lord, empower them to go forward this week and begin to turn in your direction. Lord, we turn, we repent from the things that we've done wrong. And we've decided to head in the right direction. God, I thank you that you were giving us that strength to walk in your path. We thank you for that today. With heads bowed and eyes still closed, some of you are in here and you've never heard the type of God that we've, we've sang about, that we've talked about. And you've, it's your day that you say, you know what? I need to turn. I need to repent. I need to give my life to Jesus. Can I tell you, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this earth to die on a cross for you. He took every sin, every wrong thing, every bad thing that you would ever do, and he put it upon his back, and he died specifically for you. Not only did he die, but three days later, he rose again from the dead. He defeated death, hell, and the grave and took every sin possible away from you. Today, you can enter into God's kingdom. You can can tell him that this is your day, that, that you're ready to give your life to Christ. If that's you, all you have to do is pray this really simple prayer. And can I tell you that the God of the universe will hear you? And the God who loves you will enter into your heart. And yeah, things in your life probably, they won't, they're not going to change overnight. But he'll begin to point out some things in your life that he wants you to change. I tell you, it's, it's easy. In fact, church, because we all believe in this, let's pray this together. Wherever you're at, if you're in this room, if you're watching online, say this after me. Say, dear God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for me. But I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I make you my Lord. I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for all the people who prayed that prayer today?